Merry Christmas. It's wonderful to be with you tonight, uh, keeping vigil, celebrating this great mystery. Um, years ago, when I had just started in my previous assignment up in Ellicott City, at one of the first Christmas Masses I was there, maybe it was a late uh, Advent Mass, um, the associate pastor who was serving with me there at the time, Father Larry, who's next door now at St. Philip Neri, he began his Christmas homily with a statement that makes sense as we're focused on this little baby that's been born and God entering the world but in such a, a small and, and, and humble and kind of irresistible way and he, he started his homily by saying, who doesn't love a baby? And from the first pew, this little girl immediately yelled out, I don't. <laughs> and she had just welcomed a little baby brother into the world. And she was not happy at all about having to share the attention and made it very clear that she was not all that thrilled about a baby. And you know, I, th I thought about that because it, in, in a simple little funny way, it, it, it connects with the struggles that, that we all know and experience in our families of trying to love. And the struggles that we have when, when we're younger, they don't ever get easier, they only get more complicated. And the difficulties that, that we experience in trying to love and, and feeling in our heart that desire to love and yet so often running into walls and kind of tripping over ourselves and, and not being able, it, it seems always, to get the love that's in our heart out. And sometimes those struggles in family life and in other relationships, they can be so great and, and we can know our own faults so much that there can be a point at which we might even say like, I don't even know if I know what love is supposed to look like anymore because whatever I try, I, it doesn't seem to work or it doesn't seem to be accepted or if I do know what it is, I don't even know that I have the power to do it. And what's so beautiful about Christmas is that this, this is the celebration every year when the Lord shows us again in a new and fresh way what love looks like, but also renews this beautiful, mysterious way in which he fills our own humanity, our flesh, with the power to do it. And we need that. We, we need that. We need to know what love looks like, and, but we also need the power to be able to do it. There's so much hope in that. Uh, this past week, um, uh, couple that I, I know, the, um, the wife, the former wife on social media, she had shared just the announcement that she and her husband had come to the end of their divorce proceedings and she was going to be looking toward the annulment process. And it's a couple I've known over the years. And I, I read this post and she just poured her heart out. And it was just the, like the, the, the kind of mix that you, you might expect to see, recognizing the love that they had had, but all of the struggles they endured and trying to make it work, but it, but it, it didn't work. And, and there was a, it was a very realistic thing, and it's, and it's not uncommon, we know that. But it's, the, it's those kinds of struggles in life that can leave us wondering, like, okay, what does it look like to really love? What is it supposed to look like? But then, how do I do it? And there, there's just tremendous hope with Christmas as the Lord gets into both of those things. 
And I, I want to share with you just a, a couple really beautiful basic things about love that, that the Lord reveals at Christmas that is always good for us to come back to. And then after that, the, the power. There's power in the celebration as well. So what, what is love, what does it look like? Well, like one thing that's, that's it's almost too obvious, but it has to be where we start, is, is this. It doesn't do someone any good if you love them, but in, in no way have they come to know it or perceive it, right? If you, if you say, I love my spouse, but, but I can't get it out of my heart, I can't communicate it, that, that's, that's gonna be a huge struggle. Love needs to be more than just in the heart of the one who's loving the other, it has to be perceived by and received by the other. And that may sound like super obvious, but this is why Christ took on our flesh. We live only in a world where we take in the world around us by way of our senses, by what we see and hear and touch and taste and smell. Apart from those senses, we, we can't take in the world around us. And so if someone says, I love you, in some way that love has got to make itself real and concrete enough that I can hear it, that I can touch it, that I can see it. And that's why the Lord took on our flesh. He meets us right where we are. And again, this may seem so obvious, but we, we, need, to, we need to start there, because that's where it begins. He loves us so much that he found the perfect way down to right where we are, our level, something so concrete, so, something so tangible, in order that we might know his love. There's a, a book, it's been out for a couple decades now, so popular in, in the realm of, of, of not just marriage, uh, married love, but, but family love and other relationships, but you know it, The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman. And it's been out for years and years. It's super popular, but the whole book is all about, he says, you know, from his research, that he says it looks like there's five basic ways that, that we tend to love, five basic love languages that we, we, we seem to have. For some people, it's acts of service, that the best way that you can tell your spouse that you love her is, is by an act of service. For others, it's, it's gift giving, an, an actual gift that you give. For others, it's, it's time spent with someone, that's all. But he says, I think there's five, and his whole book is all about helping us to know that if you love someone else, you've gotta get down to where they are and, and, and in order for that love to be communicated. But that's what the Lord has done. That's the beauty of, of Christmas, and it, and it starts there. But then flowing out from that, one of the other things that we see then is, is that when love meets the other person where they are, it's also always willing to humble itself and make itself little and small before the other. That's the way that love works. And we see that in the Lord Jesus coming among us in such a, a humble form, a, a baby. But that's only the beginning. Remember that on the eve of his passion, he says to his disciples, don't think that I've come into the world to have you all serve me. I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. 
That's what real love does. It gets down low, lower than the, than the one that we love. So how well are we doing that? Are we communicating that love out to the other? How well are we getting low and underneath and small in, in order to serve the other? And then another beautiful aspect of this love that's revealed at Christmas is, is that this love is given not just to the perfect. It doesn't come and seek out just those who have achieved a certain level of worthiness of it. It's just the opposite. Real love comes to those who are most broken, most in need of it. We get tripped up here so often when, when we, we look for someone who's worthy of our love when all the while what real love does is it, it, it imparts worth. And that's what the Lord has done for us. Like in the beautiful Christmas hymn, A Holy Night, and it talks about what we're celebrating tonight and in the midst of this mystery when the soul knows its worth. So this is the way that love works. And Christmas is always a beautiful time for the Lord to be able to point us back to it and, and for him to be able to say to us, no matter how much you've struggled to do this with me or with your spouse or with your family, no matter how much you've struggled to do it, this is what it looks like. And here this Christmas is an opportunity, the Lord says, for you to be able to let your heart be renewed in that. But there's something even greater than that. It's not enough just that the Lord would teach us what love looks like, but he also, in the very act of the incarnation, he fills our human flesh with a power to love that we had never known before. And so think about this. I, I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you know, in the incarnation, all of God is poured into and, and becomes man. All of God. So it's not like the father said, man, this is going to be so hard to get 100% of God into a baby. I'm probably only going to be able to get like 5% in. And so 95% of God's going to have to stay out, but I'll get 5% in. Is this not it? All of the love of God, all of the healing of God, all of the mercy of God, all of the power of God, the whole divine life is contained in a little baby's beating heart. How does he do that? How, how does the whole life of God fit into a human being? I don't know. But what's amazing is, is that as that baby grows, every bit of the love of God is flowing from his heart out. And it's utterly amazing. I, I love The Chosen. I, 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 with season three having come out now and I've gone back and started watching a bunch of the other episodes, but I love, I love The Chosen because I think in a very beautiful and reverent and imaginative way, you know, it fills in so much of what we don't have in the Gospels. But I, I love just seeing, how do they bring it to life? Like, what did they think it looked like when the Lord would forgive someone? or when the Lord would heal someone. But in all of that, no matter which way you go with it, the truth is, is that the full love of God was able to flow out from the human heart of Christ. Now just think about that. His human heart in some way was able to let every bit of the love of God flow through it. His human hands, his eyes, his ears, everything was just made completely available for the full love and the healing and the mercy of God to flow out through it. 
That human heart with which he loved, with 100% of the love of God flowing through it, that's the same heart that you have. You have that heart. The same eyes with which he looked upon sinners and, and the broken with mercy, you have those eyes. The same ears that heard the struggles of people and heard them confessing their sins and responded with mercy and peace, you have those same ears. And so this is the amazing thing about the incarnation, is, is that in some beautiful, amazing way, God the Father makes it possible for the full love of God to flow out through the human flesh that his son took from the Virgin Mary. But the, the good news is this, this, that in doing that, it wasn't just his own human body that was affected, but something happened in the union between God and the human flesh that imbued us, our all, all human flesh, with a new power to let love flow through it. And so, like all of the times that I would get frustrated with myself and I would say like, Lord, I think it, I think I would, it would be easier to love if I didn't like have this holding me back. I, I seem to trip over myself. And I know that I wanna love more generously, but I don't do it. And I seem to get in my way. And maybe it would be better if somehow this were gone. And, and God the Father says, no. I, I'm able to love through all of that. And that's what we see in Jesus. But it's not just what happened in him. Let me share with you just this beautiful line from a, a, a monk's reflection on all of this that I, I had recently read. He said this, what we need to remember is that in becoming flesh, the word didn't simply occupy one human body as a guest for 33 years but it was human nature as such, that is, all flesh that was invested with a potential for divinity. And so being a human being in the wake of the incarnation isn't the same as being a human being before the incarnation. Something systemic happened to human flesh through the incarnation that opened it up to transcendence and to eternity. That's deep, I know, but what that means is that you and I, we have a power to be able to love that we didn't have before the incarnation. But all human flesh is imbued with this new power for the love of God to find its way out through us. So all of that love poured in to, to the Lord Jesus and then all of that love flowing out through him. His human flesh didn't get in the way at all, did it? It didn't, clearly. Everyone that encountered Jesus encountered and received the full love of God. But in doing that, something changed in, in all of us. And that's why I say there is so much hope this Christmas, every Christmas. The hope that not only is he showing us what it looks like to love, but, but he's, he's giving us new power to be able to love. So. That, that's what I, I, I want to share that with you tonight in hopes that in all of your different relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with siblings, with elderly parents, with neighbors, that this Christmas would bring back before your eyes the reality of what does love look like, but also 
that it would fill your heart with power to be able to do that. There's nothing more frustrating than really wanting to love but always feeling like I'm just never getting it right. There's nothing more frustrating than that, but there's nothing more joyful than experiencing the very love of God flowing through our human heart, our eyes, our hands, our feet, our ears. That's the joy that the Lord wants us to experience this Christmas. So let's pray that the Lord will, will grant that gift to us, and especially tonight as we feed on his body and blood, that, that we will be filled with that incredible power given to all human flesh, a power flowing out of our union with God that makes it possible for, for love to fully and beautifully flow through each of us.